Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 398 of The Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Happy New Year, Megan. Happy New Year, Sarah. It's 2023. It is. And I want to ask you a question. Sure. How many baskets of unclean, (laughs) I like unclean as opposed to dirty, of unclean laundry are there in your house right now? Oh, okay. I'm looking. I can see one right now. Actually, that one's clean, but it still counts. It's not folded or put away. Um, Three kids. I'm going to say like, there's always the potential for like two to three loads that could be done right now. And that does not count the things that are clean, but in a basket. I mean, there's probably six or seven baskets like active in the rotation right now. How about you? I have no idea. And that's a problem. <laughs> that is that is the problem. Because um, I know that there's many baskets with clothes in them and I don't know if they're dirty or clean. And this is a problem that we oh, are going to dig into today. That, I, I am a mess. That's really tricky. There's nothing worse than like rewashing. Well, actually, no, rewashing dirty or clean clothes is annoying and wasteful, but it's way worse. Have you ever done the thing where you start folding a load of laundry and yes, you get like and a then third you of the way in and dirty. You, you grab a pair yep. of underwear or something and you're like, wait a second, I've been folding dirty yep. laundry. Yeah, that's terrible. Okay. Well, we are talking about laundry today, friends. If you thought that the first episode of 2023 was going to be, you know, goals and intentions and all about the new year. No, that's just we can't pull it off here at the mom hour because we have to record the podcast ahead. Spoiler alert. And it's very difficult, at least for me, I'll let you speak for yourself, Megan, but it's very difficult for me to record a true New Year's motivational episode the week between Christmas and New Year's or like even before that, because we're often recording ahead. Like I just got to wait till I'm in the January mode to do the January episode. So in the meantime, we have laundry because guess what? Laundry never takes a break. 
it doesn't. And I think that um, when you're maybe home more or your kids are home more or you're just like in that sort of homey environment, that's when you really start to realize the various wheels that have fallen off your personal bus. Um, yes. And so this is a great time of year to look around and go, man, my closets are a messer. Man, my laundry system could use some work or whatever. Or you can you can phrase it more positively. Yeah. How about, wow, this new year is an opportunity um, to really dial in some some systems and strategies around laundry. How about that? Yeah, I like that. I like that reframe. And I also just think it's truly with us every day and every week of the year, no matter the season. Um, and if I am feeling like a reset, like like approaching a new year or the the beginning of a new year, having the things folded and put away, there's almost nothing else that makes me feel, have the sense that I am on top of the details of life. Even if that is yeah. a false front, um, if I, especially if I've hung up the hanging items, I mean, then it's like, watch out. What am I going to do what next? Can't you if, do? Like, yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, so this is going to be great. We are going to spend today talking about the laundry systems in our home, what's working, what some of our favorite products are, what some of the grossest things that we deal with are. Um, and it's going to be lots of fun. Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Sarah, so before we start talking about our specific homes and our laundry systems, I wanted to plug this book that I mentioned in our last episode, which is all about cozy winter fashion. 
And um, it's called Laundry Love. And the author is Patrick Richardson. And I believe Karen Miller is the co-author. And um, Amy Clark from Mom Advice recommended it to me. And, you know, it's it's a little weird to think about reading a book about laundry for fun. But I fell in love with this book because it's kind of like memoirish at the beginning. And, and the author talks about his love for textiles and where that came from and how his mom and grandma and, you know, other yeah. friends and family influenced that, but then how he became obsessed with the laundry and now runs a laundry camp at the Mall of America in Minneapolis, yeah. which I think is amazing, like laundry camp for grownups. And as I was reading, I mean, it really, I think it's worth even just skimming. I got it, I believe, free on Kindle Unlimited. Yep, and I think you did too. too. Mm-hmm. Um, I will probably order a, a, a copy of this book to have on my shelf because it's a great reference tool, but also a reframe of like what we think of as necessary when it comes to laundry. And he really kind of pulls back the curtain on things like how most of us use too much detergent or the detergent we're using isn't good for our clothes. Um, How we don't have to necessarily follow the manufacturer's directions on dry cleaning and things like that. If we know, if we know better, we can take better care of our clothes. And you and I talked a lot about, you know, being like a little more, a little less reticent to buy things like wool and cashmere and stuff that we love and want to keep forever if we know how to take care of it and we know we don't have to take it to the dry cleaner. Right. So he doesn't even use commercial detergent. He basically just kind of creates his own on the fly based on the needs. So he's got like soap flakes and things like that. But when I read that part, I was like, ooh, now in my mind's eye, I see the shelf above my washing and Mm -hmm. washer and dryer, like with big glass jars full of ingredients with scoops. I mean, it really brought me to this very emotional place with my Mm -hmm. laundry, which I think is a place I need to be because I fell out of love with my laundry a while ago. And I used to love doing the laundry. I talked about how that was a task I held onto and really enjoyed. And now I very much do not enjoy it. And we'll get into that, the whys of that in a bit, but I needed the refresh and the reboot. And, um, so maybe other people will enjoy that book too. I think it sounds like such a cozy read and I just had a chance to like skim it and familiarize myself, but I also picked it up on Kindle Unlimited. It's reminding me as you're talking is like, you know, there's kind of like a slow food movement and a slow fashion movement and like, you know, getting to the sort of elemental ingredients and a higher quality and um, like understanding how ingredients work together. It's like, it all kind of fits with, especially some of the things that you talk about, Megan, like just homesteading. And I, I love it. It is, it is like very inspiring. So um, I think if I understood better too, what exactly, what the job of those different cleaning agents are and how they work, right. Um, then it, it's would be no more mystifying than other domestic things we do. Um, the, the wonderful, I guess, modernization of having a pod and a solution for everything is great, but it does mean I have no idea like what's actually performing what task for what type of dirt or smell or stain. So yeah, I love it. All right. Well, let's kick it off by talking about how the laundry actually works in our own household. So, so what is the division of labor around laundry look like for you right now? Yeah. And this obviously changes over the years. So I thought this would be a good place to start. So in the powers house, I run the laundry universe. Like I, I am the one who is doing most of the work, but even where I delegate, I'm the one who's a hundred percent in charge. That's just how it works in our house. 
Um, for Brian's laundry and mine, we share a hamper in our bedroom. So our laundry mixes and mingles. I decide when to do it. And then I see that process through from beginning to almost end. So when I, I wash our clothes, sometimes I do it in kind of batches. Sometimes I'll do a whole bunch all at once. You know, like sometimes I'll do one load one day, another load the next day. And sometimes I'll do multiple loads in a day. But either way, um, I fold laundry on our bed. And I toss Brian's clean laundry into kind of like these, I don't know that we've ever spoken about it, but there are like zones on the laundry bed where like his t-shirts go over here, his underwear goes here, his socks end up here. And a lot of the times he'll sort of see that and, and in process and he'll come and fold and put away his own stuff. If he doesn't and I get to it first, then I will also fold his stuff for him. It's not, we're not like super prescriptive about it. Um, but he does jump in at some point toward the end of the process and finish up. But otherwise, I'm seeing ours all the way through from beginning to nearly end. Um, for my younger two kids who are 12 and turning 10, they are responsible for bringing their laundry basket out when they decide they need clean clothes. And they've been pretty good about learning that once they bring it out, I'm going to turn it around for them in about a day, but I'm not going to turn it around before school starts that day. So they need to think ahead to bring out their own laundry a day or two before they're completely out of things. And sometimes I'll see the outfit they're wearing and I'll be like, hey, um, do you need to bring out your laundry? Because I can tell by what they put on their body that is yeah. like from the bottom of the bin. Um, yeah. And I also, I'll, I'll just add a little tip that all of my kids have more than enough underwear, more underwear than they need, because I really don't want them running out of underwear. Just the idea is kind of gross to me. So it's usually that they're out of their favorite tops or bottoms and then they'll bring out the basket. Um, I wash and fold and return that basket to their room within a day or so. And then they are supposed to put their own clothes away that same day. And that's, that's a big supposed to there's, there's some active management there. Um, if I notice that they haven't, I will put it on like a list of chores for them. Um, and then Luke is in, in ninth grade. And I made an arbitrary rule this summer that once you're in high school, you do your own laundry. And this is like on the fly parenting wise. I was like, yeah, that feels right. And it's been so far. So, okay. I think as we record this, there is a load of Luke's laundry clean, but still in the washer wet that didn't get transferred to the dryer last night. Um, it's, it's just not a perfect system. Sometimes I jump in to help because I am a, a nice person and I'm like, Hey, I know that you're you've got 10 million things this week. Can I help you with your laundry? And sometimes I hold him more accountable for keeping it up. And I, I usually don't let him start his laundry until I know that I don't have anything in there. Like, yep. Like you're clear for a day or so you can just do it. So it's not a perfect system. Um, and then one more thing I'll add, our washer dryer is in a very central, centrally located part of the house, which I've lived in houses where that's not the case, but in this house, it's right off the kitchen which means there are a lot of loads of laundry I start throughout the week that are kind of like lost and found laundry loads. Like it's like the socks I picked up off the floor. It's the hoodies that were left under a chair. It's a random beach towel. It's kitchen linens. It's like, it's the catch-all um, of laundry. Yeah. Those I do and I will fold them. And if the kids clothes end up in there for whatever reason, cause they're dropping their clothes everywhere. Um, I will fold them and I, I have this spot on my dresser in our room that's sort of code for like if you if it's not in your room and it's not and you can't find it, 
check this one spot on mom's dresser and then come take it away. So it's like that kind of runs concurrently to their main um, laundry. And if something ends up in there, they can't get mad at me that it it got looped into my laundry process and like now it's wet and it's not dry because if they've left it around the house, it's basically it's mine to clean as I see fit. So, yeah, yeah that is this current situation in the Powers house. How about you guys? It's a mess. <laughs> or it's I should say, do you have mess. any questions for me? Because I might have the more like I have a lot more kids at home and stuff than you do right well, now. No, but where you are right now is reminding me a lot of like where I was when my oldest was getting to the age where like they could start taking over more of the process of their own laundry. And I'm just going to be really honest. Yeah. Um, and not I'm not trying to be discouraging at all. No, that's OK. It worked really well when it was one kid. Sure. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But then when everybody was at that age where they could, you know, theoretically should handle their own laundry, everything became a mess. And I really have not recovered. Like (laughs) my laundry has not recovered since. So let me just for people who haven't listened to us forever or maybe who didn't know us back then, like the way it used to look for me is I was completely in control of the laundry. I did one load a day. I did everything together unless it was some real outlier, like a bright red sweater or something. Basically everything just went into one load. I did one load every single day. I would take it and sit usually um, while dinner was like in the oven, but before anybody had. So everyone was off in other parts of the house doing their own thing, not up in my grill. Usually I would sit in front of the TV. I would turn on HGTV. We had cable at the Uh time. Um, either HGTV or Food Network. I was not particular. Whatever was on, if it was too awful, I'd watch like Call the Midwife or something. But, and I would fold laundry for like 20 minutes. And then I would give everyone their little stack of clothes and they would take them to their rooms. And I adored it. It was like the best system. And then the minute everyone else got involved, it just started to fall apart and has just gotten worse. Now, I will say in the last year, it's gotten, it's gotten even worse. And there's a few reasons. One, we moved into a new house. And so all of the bedrooms are different. Like instead of all the kids being on one floor, they're now on two floors. I share a floor with Clara, um, and not with the others, which is different. We have, we've all, we have had main floor laundry for a while, so that's no different than it was, but like, there's just some things that have changed that I haven't quite caught up with. The number of kids has changed several times. Yeah. And they I've got kids coming and going. So like right now, Will is home until mid uh late January, but hadn't been for three months. Yeah. So now all the clothes that were taken out of the equation when he went are back in. And I don't know whose stuff is whose anymore. Plus they all borrow from each other. Yeah. Like regularly they're wearing each other's clothes, but they don't always then take the next step to return the clothes to the original owner. And so you've got base and also they all want to be independent, like to their credit, they all know how to do laundry and they would all prefer to handle their own laundry. They just don't do it the way I want them to do it. It's like you're running some kind of like a, like a boarding house. Like there are adults in your house, but you're the, you're the house mother, but it's different than you're not the service provider of all the things. No. Well, and, and there's too many of us if we're all going to be independently doing laundry, there's too many of us for one washer and one dryer. That's really what it boils down to because I don't want to wait. Like if I've got a pile of um, dirty dish towels and I want them clean, I don't want to wait until 
this kid who just decided they want to do yeah. their laundry today yeah. gets it all the way through and it has and say they're at school. Okay. Yeah. It's in the wash. Now, am I going to move it because like you would, because I'm nice or am I going to move it because I need it out of the way? Yeah. In which case I'm a little grumpy about it. Yeah. So no. the whole thing and like nobody really follows my system correctly. So my system is if anything is in the laundry room in a basket, it is clean, period. Do not bring dirty stuff in a basket and leave it in there. And also do not ever put dirty, clean stuff on the floor. But okay, so if it's all of on the systems. floor, it's dirty. It's dirty. If it's in a basket, it's clean. It's clean no matter what. I do okay. not want to have to guess. Now, if it was me doing the laundry, I wouldn't have to have those systems because I would know. Right. I would I, never yeah, let it get me, to this point. Nothing's on the floor and I'll, I have a weird floor, but um, yeah. I need my, everything's in baskets and it is a problem because I am the only one who knows a lot of the time. And that is, yeah. that will trip you up if someone's trying to help or they're adding right. something to a basket. Yeah. So then we've got finally what I'll do. Oh, and then I'm just going to add one other thing. I now live around the corner for my boyfriend and my kids are gone every other week. Yeah. So during that week, I'm not really here that much. And, but while I'm not here, the adult kids are still creating laundry yeah. and going through laundry and then I'm like doing my laundry over to Eric's, which is a very controlled system that I like quite a lot. So I guess <laughs> what I'm getting at is that I think, oh, and then it all ends up moving out to the living room at some point, but I have no system. I have no ritual in place by which I am enjoying a cozy half hour by myself folding laundry. Yeah. That does not exist right I now. It's this. like a hassle. I feel this, um, yeah. this like kind of, uh, it's a takeaway. It's a bit of a pain point. Uh, this is a wild idea. But like, do you do you have a basement in this house? But it has kids' bedrooms in it. Okay. Yes, but it's oh, like, not. Yeah. Would it ever be possible to get a really cheap secondhand washer dryer? Is there hookup to be like this is for the children? This would is be, the children. I mean, I think I don't know that that's how I would use the limited space down there. Got it. I sort of feel like the system is me. I, I think I'm the breakdown in the system. Honestly, I think it's a, I think it's an issue of having, and this is a bigger issue than laundry, but if anyone out there has like teenage kids and adult kids that are coming and going, I've sort of slowly abdicated the house in mm. a way, um, to where the active management is not there. And I can't do that because even though my kids are older, I'm still the one that cares the most about how the household is run. And I'm still the one most impacted by breakdowns in the system. And I yeah. just have to take the like ownership of it is because it, I'm the one who cares. Is it because, do you think the reason is because you, there many of them are full blown adults and you feel like you don't want to boss them around? Is it like a, is it a relationship trickiness or like just a number of, moving parts and details. I think it's a number of moving okay. parts. Yeah. I think it's too many details and I don't have a close enough eye on them. And I'm not saying I need to micromanage my 23 year old son's laundry at all. Like I don't want to do that. But at the same time, if I had a system that worked and just said, Hey, I need you to not be using the washing machine. Like if you're going to wash and dry, like I need to tell them what to do and they'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I, what I was and thinking. And I haven't like done a... that because I'm still back in the place where I'll just make it work. Like yeah. I'm still mentally in that place where like, just do it whenever and I'll just figure it out. And that's not fair to anybody. Yeah. So I need a new system and, and I'll, and I think it's a good time. This is a good time of year for me yeah. to be thinking about what that would be. Well, maybe when Will goes back, like you have January to, to think on it and then you'll yeah. be down another giant man child and yes. then, yeah, maybe just 
come back and, and, and I us. guess I, the other thing I would say is um, that has been sort of futile is trying to keep towels in certain bathrooms. That's been another thing that I've struggled with now that the kids have like legitimately the boys have their very own bathroom that I never go in. Uh-huh. I would like the towels that are in that bathroom to be their towels only and for yeah. my towels to never migrate into there. And I sometimes wonder, like, is that just, you know, like a must would be nice. Yeah. Same like every year how I say, we're not going to have this pile of socks anymore right. because everyone just got new Christmas socks. And so now There's I'm going to get rid system. of all the right. old socks. And like now everyone knows whose socks there are because they got these. That's, I know that in three months there will be socks I've never seen before in my life that have somehow made it into my house. I don't know where they're coming from. Right. Um, but they become part of the mix and someone loses a sock and someone gets a hole in a sock. And it's like, I keep thinking that, you know, every year it's going to get fixed and it's not. So sometimes I think it's a little bit of me trying to live a little bit in the past, like the way it used to work Yeah. when I was in more control and it's just not that anymore. And I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, hopefully, uh, old Patrick, what's his Patrick Richardson? Richardson. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Between his inspiration um, maybe some new, maybe some inspiration from this episode. You'll be, yes. you'll be set for 2023. We are welcoming back Olive and June as a sponsor. And Megan, I'm so excited about this partnership because with spring right around the corner, I love refreshing the little things in my life, including my manicure. I am the biggest fan of doing my nails at home instead of at a salon because it's convenient, so much cheaper at just $2 a mani, and the results can't be beat. It all begins with Olive and June. Yeah, Olive and June's Manny system has everything you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. These are profesh tools designed just for DIY. A couple of the items included are their best-selling poppy, which makes it so easy to brush on a smooth coat, even with your non-dominant hand, which you do have to use about half the time, it turns out, (laughs) and their award-winning cuticle serum, which is so nourishing and a finishing touch I love. Well, I've been a big fan of their quick dry polish for a while now. It seriously dries in about a minute, making it perfect for busy moms. Visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, so Megan, I don't know why when I was preparing this episode, I had like the Oscars or another silly awards ceremony in my mind. Like if there were laundry awards and we could present like, I don't know, a gilded, what would it look like? Like a, a gilded bottle of Tide or something um, yeah. <laughs> as a prize for various categories. So we're going to go through some categories and give some personal laundry awards. Um, and we will start with the award for the current MVP in our laundry product collection. So the product that is making your laundry life better that you would like to recommend to our listeners or just shout out on the podcast. Um, mine is a laundry basket. I had not purchased any new laundry baskets in years. I was just thinking about, don't you feel like laundry baskets sort of last forever? Like I remember being in my grandma's house and 
thinking her laundry baskets were probably from like the 60s and it was the 80s or the 90s. Like, so they just last forever. They well, I don't know. Yes, in theory, but I feel like mine over the years and maybe I'm just hard on them. um, The handles often pop off. And sometimes the more flexible ones, like the ones that are supposed to not flexible, like the one that you've got, but like um, the ones that are supposed to like fit on your hip and stuff. I feel like they crack sometimes. Yeah. So yes, they last a long time. Mine, I've been surprised by how quickly I go through them. Um, like in comparison to the ones my mom had that I truly think were decades old. Yeah. Well, and that that's possible. Um, I also think I just continue to use cracked laundry baskets and uh, that's probably a character flaw, but here's you got your finger stuck in one. It really hurts. Yeah. Or like the edge can be sharp. Yeah. Yes. Um, well I did purchase a new one recently. Um, and it is a like flexible fab, not fabric. It's not fabric at all. It's like a flexible rubber plastic situation, but it looks it doesn't look cloth. It looks like it's sturdy, but then it bends and the kit that does really well for the kids. I'll link it up. It's from target. The kids do really well, like dragging it or mm. carrying it from one end. We have a very spread out house, so we don't have stairs, but we have like a long trek from their bedroom to the laundry room. Um, and I just really like them. They are currently $8. It's $8 that could make your laundry life a little easier or more joyful. They're very lightweight and they don't have any sharp corners. I feel like if you had like a six-year-old who was ready to start bringing their own laundry out or something, it's, it holds a lot of clothes. It's large in size, but it's very easy to move around. Like Violet's closet, we have to kind of shove it back there if we're putting it away. And it just sort of like molds and bends and is flexible. I like it a lot. Well, yes, I love that, that like ability for little kids to maneuver um, or navigate because that can be hard with the bigger ones. I actually just replaced when we moved, I replaced all of our uh, laundry baskets and I went in a slightly different direction than I used to do, which was just like three or four full size white, whatever yeah. standard. Um, this time I bought each of the kids a small square one. From, yeah. It's a Sterilite. This. This is and good. I bought the kids in white and I put their initials on them. So there's two for each kid. And the idea was that they could use one for their clean and one for their dirty, but really they, they can figure that out. I don't really care right. how they use them as long as they know. And I also do not police who's using which one that's between them. Like right. if they want to get mad because someone else used their laundry basket, fine. But at least they know which ones are supposed to be theirs. And then I got myself two full size ones in that pretty blue color, uh-huh, I like it. Um, like an aqua. And so now everybody knows those are mine. Yeah. So like that just kind of made it so that I could, I could leave stuff, um, in the laundry room a little bit longer or whatever, or just, I wouldn't have to worry about someone stealing my laundry basket. Yeah. That was a big trigger for me. So I like them. I, there's nothing special about the baskets themselves, but I liked the combination of the small squares. They are easier for the kids to get around. Yeah. And, that's a nice size. Yeah. I'm looking at those. Yeah. That's yeah, great. And then they don't have to wait until they have like a full laundry basket before they come and decide it's time to stuff. I wanted to encourage them to think more proactively yeah. about getting stuff in the wash. Um, and then I guess my other MVP is I, I weirdly really like the washing machine and dryer that came with this house. Hmm. Um, I'm going to say they're probably like the very basic model, maybe five, seven years old. They aren't right. fancy at all. They have really simple controls and they get the job done. And I really like that. I don't love washing machines that, confuse me. Yeah. (laughs) 
or have too many settings or too many different things I could push that think they're smarter than me. Um, these just get the job done. And I really appreciate that. I feel like the ones that came with my house are the opposite. I think they are, um, it's front loader washer. I think they're at the beginning of the kind of digital high efficiency. I'm not sure how old that would make them. They're not brand new by any means. They might be 15 years old at this point. There are so many digital, there are so many options and like the thing beeps. If you just like brush up against it wrong, it goes, you know, like it's just, (laughs) it's too much. Yeah. Okay. The next laundry award that we are going to give out is the award for the grossest thing we deal with in our laundry lives. What do you have in this category? Yeah. Well, okay. I'm going to skip over an entire category. Yep. That would be human bodily fluids, but just keep in mind that I live with a variety of teenagers. Yep. So you can connect those dots. Noted. Um, <laughs> so I would say there's two. One is human hairballs. So um, how does that manifest in laundry? I mean, I have long they, hair and it falls out a yeah. lot. So I'm not, I know, but like, tell me more. Somehow <laughs> it gross me out. <laughs> somehow it gets sometimes like adhered to fuzzy clothes. I don't, it's like, um, you know, the thing you have to pull out of the shower and throw away, it looks like that, but it winds up like stuck to a sock or sometimes like almost like tied around the sock. But isn't that after it comes out of the dryer? Those don't gross me out if it's clean. Maybe they should. They just kind of gross me out. Yeah. I I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I couldn't think of anything grosser that wasn't like a human bodily fluid that I didn't want to mention or cat puke. And I will say, for a long time, um, we were pretty lucky. I mean, my cat, Gia, does pee everywhere. In fact, I'm going to have to learn how to get pee, cat pee out of a suitcase interior because oh. she peed in my suitcase. Um, but she doesn't puke, really. And now Petra is a puker, and I'm finding little piles of cat vomit everywhere. And occasionally, they have made their way into the laundry. And that's really gross. Like, unforgivably gross, Petra. That's really gross. We our kittens have peed on laundry piles a, a couple of times. It's few enough that I'm hoping it's not a recurring pattern, but it does. I know your history with this. It does make me paranoid. It's so triggering. Yeah. So triggering. Yeah. yeah. It's really bad. Um, And it's also happened before if I leave the dryer door open. So someone and I actually think it's brother, even though sisters, the like she's naughtier in some ways, but I think it's brother has climbed into a dryer full of clean clothes and peed on clean clothes. <gasps> yeah. In the dryer. Well, Petra climbed into the dryer last week while I was putting stuff in the dryer and I almost didn't see oh. and almost oh. turned the dryer on with her inside. Oh my gosh. So, I know. Yes. She just slipped in when I wasn't looking. She's gray yeah. and our yep. brother's black. He like disappears. He's like a negative. He's like yeah. a vortex. You can't even take a photo of him because he's so <laughs> like negative color. So yeah, that would be scary. A cat going in your clean dryer and peeing would be like, it would really upset me. It's a real mood killer. Not going to lie. But that is not the grossest thing. Okay. So this is very specific and very gross to me. We have a front loading washer with that rubber ring that. And those are gross. They're so gross. And I've had them before. I think this one is older and deeper or something. Cause I've had them in other washers and I would just kind of wipe it out fairly often and it didn't get too bad. This one is deep and cavernous. And like the rubber is like just kind of loose and nasty. And so 
it's big enough in there that things get caught in there. And if I'm not on top of it and I don't notice it, um, specifically, I have these cloth makeup rounds when I was trying to use less disposable stuff to take off makeup. I have these little soft cotton rounds that I put makeup remover on or used to, I don't know what, like wipe something on my face. Those get caught in the rubber ring or other small objects that come out of the kids' pockets. <sighs> and then I won't notice it. And then it just, they just soak there in old water for like a really long time until I'm either brave enough to look. Sometimes I don't look and I just don't want to know what's in there. And it's so gross, Megan. And I, what I usually do is take a cleaning rag that's obviously going to get washed anyway. And I just sop up all that liquid. And then I, I like, flip the whole nasty pile right into the washer and I just wash it on like a sanitized setting. But I don't know. It is, it's nasty. Why would they make something for that water to collect there? It's supposed to be a thing that cleans. Cleans. Oh, you know, I used to, when I had, um, I didn't even know they made those, those like makeup rounds out of fabric. And I find that interesting. I would try that. It reminds me of when I used to use cloth, um, nursing pads. Yes, I would put would... them in one of those little mesh bags oh, that's a good like idea. for underwear. Yeah. 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 I should do that. Because otherwise they would get very lost in various laundry situations. Well, that's, yes, yeah. that's a very good solution. I will add that to my list. And yes, these would look very similar and feel very similar to cloth nursing pads. They're a little smaller. They're more like the size yeah. of a, yeah. Okay. Well, moving on, what is the most responsible adulting thing you do now in the world of laundry. So for me, the award for most responsible adulting thing that I have started doing is I set a recurring reminder in my Todoist app for every three months um, to run a cleaning cycle on my washing machine using these descaling tabs. And even though I just said that my washing machine is a little extra in terms of all of its options and bells and whistles, This is one way where I think it helped me up my game because I think it's a Whirlpool and it partnered with a fresh. And so right Mm -hmm. on the front of my display, it says like cleaning cycle with a fresh. And I was like on Amazon or at the grocery store one time and I'm like, oh, a fresh. That's what I'm supposed to. I mean, I was a complete. It worked like the market. Yes, I was going to say the thing worked. Yes, their their um, their collab worked on me. So I bought these descaling. We have really hard water here and get a lot of buildup. And so it's so satisfying when I see that reminder pop up. It's like, I don't need to remember when I last did it because it just pops up. And then I have the tablets in the little cupboard and there's a cycle that I just point it to and I put that in there. And then when it's done and you open the washer, it's everything is like gleaming. The chrome or the metal is like gleaming, shining. And there's this it's back to the gross, but it's, it's less gross because it feels so satisfying. It's like the descaling. Um, so it's like these flakes right. of, of buildup. Um, and then I just kind of wipe those out with a paper towel or something and it feels so clean. So I'm so proud of myself in 20, I, I, I don't know, 30 years of doing my own laundry. Um, this is the first time I've regularly cleaned the inside of my machine. I think that I used one of those, a fresh tabs once because it came as a free, yeah like a freebie with something else. It might've come in the mail, like when I moved in or something, you know, you'll get those yes. like welcome yeah, yeah, package. Yeah. And I was like, this is cool. And I used it. And then I literally never bought another one. I don't think I've ever used another. So I, I might add that to my, yeah. I don't think we have particularly hard water, but um, it's never a bad thing to keep good care, take good care of your machines. Well, and it's so, so hard to remember the the frequency. Right. That's me. It's just like, oh, should, I should do that. When was the last time I do that? When's the next yeah. time I'm going to do it? So that's been the key for me. So how about you? How are yeah. you adulting? 
Well, I actually, after years of knowing that it worked, but never having either one on hand, I actually do use baking soda and both, both baking soda and vinegar, like regularly to remove odors. I bought like a big thing of white vinegar that just stays in my laundry room. Yeah. So I don't, that's key. you know, have to run back and forth or use the little one that's really just for cooking. Right. Um, the other thing that kind of made me laugh is that I could locate my ironing board and iron if I wanted to. That's, I don't want to. That is next but level. I, could. I don't so, think I know where my ironing board is. Actually, I think it's in the garage, but um, that is that is adulting for sure. In my last house, the ironing board was like tucked between it was like tucked between a wall and a cabinet. And I could never remember which one because I used it so infrequently. <laughs> yeah. And it like came with the house. And so I'd go, oh, yeah, I have an ironing board. And then I'd forget where it was. And so now I know where they both are. I love that very much. I don't much. use them, but I know I could. You could. You yeah. could adult in a second yeah. if you needed to. Exactly. Can you tell me uh, briefly what, like, where do you put the baking soda and vinegar? Like, are you, is, are you spot treating things or are you using them regularly in a I would load? use them in a, okay, so like on, in a cat pee situation, for uh -huh. example. For example, I would put it in like the soak or the final rinse. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's a whole system and I have to remind myself every time I do it. And it's always a little bit different based okay. on whether you just want to like freshen up all of your laundry or whether you're dealing with something that's like, like soaking in it, yeah. that's different than if you are just putting it in the final rinse. Okay. So, I would say, yeah, I mean, absolutely no one asked for this advice, but I would say this is a great time of year to just set yourself up with those basic supplies because so much of stain and odor treatment and like having what you, is having what you need on hand in the moment and not, you know, I have a very small laundry room, which we'll get into, but like it's just satisfying to have a little bit of everything and then reach for what you need. So yeah, that's a good great. new year plan. Yes. And I'm, I'm also thinking that with this book, this laundry love book that soon when I'm done with it, I'm going to come away with like a whole system and strategy. We're going to talk about our laundry rooms in a minute, but yeah. I have big dreams for mine. And I think that things will become clearer about how, how I will use them once I have everything where I want it. Well, let's start talking about our laundry rooms right now. Cause they make a huge difference in like, how we feel about laundry and navigate through. So let's give an award for the weirdest quirk about your current home's laundry room. I haven't even, I haven't had very many laundry rooms, laundry closet, laundry setup. What's the weirdest quirk for you? It's so big. Okay. It's so big. It actually at one point was a bedroom. I think wow. we've kind of looked at the houses, um, like a small bedroom, like a small, you know, 1960s house bedroom, that was then opened up into the next bedroom and was used as a first floor bedroom, I think, for the elderly couple that lived here and weren't going upstairs anymore. And then I think that when they got super elderly, it became a laundry room when they didn't want to go down to the basement anymore. So it's been a few different things. It's huge. It has built in. Well, I'll get into what those are all positive things, but it's so big that it's weird. And my last one was also yeah, you Strangely had a big one. Big. And you're okay. Yeah. So I know you're gonna talk more about it in a minute, but just so I'm picturing, it's like square like a bedroom, right? I'm just a lot of laundry rooms, even the good sized ones are kind of long and thin. So you can have a lot of counter space, but is it like it is a square room? This is more I would say it is a rectangle, but still a but a wide rectangle that you could fit. You could have had like a twin bed mm -hmm. where the washing machine and dryer are right now. And then the other whole wall is like a ceiling, like a floor to ceiling, you know, eight foot wide wardrobe. 
Wow. So not a lot of counter space, but not a lot, a lot of, of storage shelves, space, but a ton of, and then there's shelves built above the, above the um, washer and dryer too. Okay. Yeah. I am. That, and then there's also a, a room closet. There's like a bedroom closet in there. Right. Which is how you know. Like a hanging bar and stuff. A, a bedroom. Yeah. That's the, yeah. Um, okay. That is, that is quirky. Um, for me, the weirdest quirk about our laundry room is that it has a brick floor and like a red brick floor. And we also have a brick floor um, in the room that we call our, our rec room, our bonus room. Um, that's not where the washer dryer is, but they're nearby each other. And they're the only two places where the previous, the people who remodeled this home put in a brick floor and they had six large dogs. This is like, this has gone into lore of how we bought this house. Um, because they had done some retrofitting, they'd done some remodeling that was specifically for a couple with no children. They might've had grown children, but six large dogs, three standard poodles and three Great Danes. That's at least what we heard. I never saw the dogs. But when we moved in, there were some quirky things about fencing and about um, a couple other things, one of which being they wanted big, deep sinks in two different locations. So the bonus room, the rec room where you've stayed, Megan, at one time, like it, when the house was first built in the 70s, it was a garage. It was later turned into a finished room and, a, and another garage added. So it's very large and they put brick floor across the entire very large room. I mean, it's like a 17 by 14 room or something. It's a big, it's the size of a two car garage, all brick floor. And that room has a nice deep sink because I think they were thinking their dogs were going to come in and be muddy and they romp around yeah. and wipe their paws. Well, so then the laundry room, which is tiny, is very close to this big room. And they also put a brick floor on the laundry room and they put another large sink in this very tiny laundry room. So there's no shortage of places to wash up. Um, and I guess spill things on the floor or get mud on the floor in between these two rooms. But here's, what's weird about a brick floor on a laundry room. When you drop anything, you can't see it because it's like brick. The red brick is all visually. It's kind of modeled and you can't scoop it up with your fingers because it's like, I'm, we're talking like the red brick of like the exterior of a house. It's rough to the touch. Yeah. It'll scratch up your knuckles or whatever. Um, and there's not enough room. When I say a laundry room, it's practically like a closet and I'll get into this in a minute. It's just not big enough. So you could put down a mat or a rug, but I'm not sure there's even enough room between the open doorway and then the washer, the front loading washer dryer. It's barely enough room for me to sort of stand or squat. So I'd have to look for a very specific cut of mat or rug. And then I worry that like it's going to slide around anyway and I'm going to end up with the same problem. So the as you load and unload laundry, things are constantly a sock or a this, yeah. a, something from a pocket. And I'm constantly dealing with this very odd red brick floor. So that is just weird. Um, That is weird. And I wouldn't have thought that a floor would create that much issue, but I can yeah. totally see why that red brick was not the best choice. And or, I don't mind it or, in the rec room. I mean, we just right. threw a giant, we threw a very, very large area rug over it. So it, yeah. we don't, but in the laundry room, it's really weird. It's odd to clean. It's just very strange. So I wanted to mention one other thing that, um, because I do think that like the size of my laundry room is a benefit in theory. I think one of the things that's tricky about it is that because my house doesn't have a, um, it's not a very big house and the kitchen doesn't have a lot of room for storage. I'm trying to kind of figure out how to make that room do like triple duty. Yeah. It needs to be a good laundry room, but it also that storage really needs to count for things like 
holiday stuff that's that uh-huh. I'm not using right now or linens, um, all kinds do, of like, things like that. Pots and larger small appliances, yes, I have like my that kind small of thing. Appliances yeah. There too. Yeah. So there's just it's I'm trying to make it do a lot, and right now it's not doing any of it very well. But to be fair, I have not spent a lot of time in there working on it. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good segue. Let's talk about the best feature of our current laundry room situation. Mine is a hanging bar, like a hanging, you know, wardrobe bar, closet bar above the sink um, in, in this very tiny room. So you just kind of walk in and you can barely turn around between washer, dryer, sink, but there's a hanging bar above the sink. And it has really upped my game in terms of hanging clothes to dry. And I personally put a lot of things to hang to dry instead of in the dryer. I put very little in the dryer, actually. So I hang all of my athletic clothes, all of my own um, bras, sports bras, bathing suits, workout wear. I, I hang Brian's dress shirts because then we don't have to iron them. It's really an, an ironing avoidance or a dry clean avoidance strategy. Um, so having a row of good plastic hangers, um, I just I'm right there. I take it out of the washer wet and I hang it up and it has just been really useful. It's, it's quite high. So things can hang all the way down. If they're a little bit drippy, they drip right into the sink. So, yeah, it's simple. But if you have a laundry room or even closet without somewhere to hang to dry, I know I used to drape stuff over the banister, drape it over mm. the back of a laundry basket or hang it on a hook. Oh, I also did. I hung hooks behind the hanging bar. So that's where I'll loop like a pair of running shorts or bikini bottoms or something. So my hang to dry game is uh, doing very well. Um, I currently don't hang like anything to dry, but I know that it it's a great tactic to have or a technique. Um, I think I just don't have any place right now where hanging to dry works. I do some draping to dry. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. lay flat. That, to yeah, dry. that does lay flat. Yeah, lay dry. flat to dry. Well, for me, it's like lay flattish over the back of a chair. So it's like bent. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but I would like I believe in the book Laundry Love, he does talk at, in detail about hanging to dry versus draping to dry versus laying flat. to oh, dry. OK, I want to dig All into that. that. I yes. really I really like it for some reason. I think it's a throwback to my dancer days, actually, because leotards and tights from when I very first started doing my own laundry, I never put any of that in the dryer and I was spending my own money on really like good quality dance where, and I didn't have any money. And so, um, I was taking really good care of those things and it always got me in the habit. Like I, there's no, lo- hardly a load of laundry would come out where I wouldn't hang something to dry unless it's all towels or something like that. Well, now that we both live in the country, we could line dry clothes. And I, I mean, I used to do that and I really like it. I love the way it smells. It's great for stains and odors. Like it's great. And I, but then I lived in neighborhoods where there's either wasn't really room to do it or probably in, in suburbia for you, like it was frowned upon. (laughs) Right. I don't think I saw anybody in suburbia line drying, but yeah. Sometimes you're not allowed to. Yeah, that makes sense. It's we have, we're very moist and foggy here a lot of the time that things would take a long time, but not always. Sometimes it's dry. So, yeah. Yeah. How about you? What's your best feature? I would say just all the things that make it weird, make it great. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have utility sink, which is one of those things you don't really think like, I would think, why would anyone need another sink in their laundry room? That just feels so extra. But you know what? I do use it and not all the time, but if something needs to soak and I don't want to have it in the washing machine, taking up space or if for some reason I need a little extra water for something or if I want to scrub a stain, like it does come in handy. I do use it. Um, but I would just say 
with the shelves above the washing, like already, even with as disorganized as I've been, there's everything still has a place right now. So if I can just up my game a little bit more, it is going to be dreamy. Like it will truly be a dreamy laundry room. I just need to get myself together and make it happen. I am a a little bit envious. I have never had, I've never had a large laundry room. I've had houses that are plenty big, but I've just never had that kind of space. And this one is particularly cramped. We even, so it had a door, like a regular swinging door that was put on to swing inward into this tiny room. And you couldn't have that door open and open the front loading washer at the same time because they would tangle up in each other. And then I was trying to hang mops and brooms behind the door. It was like, <laughs> that sounds like joke. really stressful. So it was. So in a vote for, um, fixing these things that are annoying, if you can, we, um, hired someone to convert that door from a swinging door to a pocket door. So now it slides into the wall. And that was a, it was a home improvement that was very worth it. So now at least I don't have an interior swinging door in like in there while I'm in trying to turn space, around. Yeah. yeah. But it's still very, very small space. It has a sink as well, but I find I don't use the sink because the hanging stuff is directly over it. So it's like I can right. choose. I'm either hanging stuff or I'm using the sink, but they share the same airspace. So yeah. Yeah. Well, um, before we wrap, I thought we could do like a little nostalgic laundry memory. This is, this is wide open. It could be, um, a memory from your former laundry past that just you look back on fondly or like a laundry room that you still dream about because it was like the best setup you've lived in so many houses. So what makes you, what makes you nostalgic as you think back on laundry memories? Well, I already mentioned my old routine with sitting and, you know, in the piece before dinner, um, folding. And that was lovely. And I did that for probably eight or nine years. That was my routine. But I want to talk about a slightly more recent memory. Uh-huh. And this was when I lived in that tiny little house post-divorce. Yeah. It was a um, tiny little rental. And I managed to, well, it turned out it was like serious user error and just a dopey move. But what happened was <laughs> I bought, so I bought the appliances that were in, like they had a washer and dryer that I think had been the former tenants. And I bought them really cheap, like for maybe $200 for the set or something like that. And the dryer stopped working. Um, I thought it was something I, I thought it was broken and I ended up like having someone come and take it away or maybe I just like left it there and I kept meaning to buy a new one, but I knew we weren't going to be living there very long or right. much longer than a year or two. And I didn't have a lot of extra money. So I was like, okay, well, I don't really feel like buying a new dryer right now. So we just, I would just go to the laundromat and I would go to the laundromat like twice a week and I actually really kind of loved it. Um, I loved that I could do all of my laundry at once and no one could mess with my system at all. And it was right across the street from a grocery store. So I would like put my laundry in, then I'd run over and do a quick little shopping. Then I'd come back and they didn't have Wi-Fi or anything. So I would just read or play on my phone or whatever. Sometimes I would bring the kids with me and they would get stuff out of the little, um, the little like vending machine. Uh They had these little squishy gummy, uh, animals that they, they weren't eat they weren't to eat they were like little play animals that you'd stick on your finger and the kids always wanted one it was it would have been Clara and Owen I think that I would have been bringing with me and I there's just like such fun memories around that now when I finally did decide to spring for a new dryer they came and installed it and it didn't work and I realized it had been a fuse the whole time and so I got rid of a perfectly good dryer 
Yeah, but that's understandable. I actually, I remember those days, like as your friend, I remember a lot of discussions of the laundry and like the, didn't you, did you have flooding in that basement too? Or other, yeah, it was like a lot. The the basement was an issue. Yeah. Um, but and it I was also, never, I didn't like going down there to do laundry anyway. I could have kept doing the wash down there and then just taken that to the laundromat to dry, but it didn't make a lot of sense to do that. Well, I think when I visited you briefly, when you lived in that house, we were only in town for like a night or two. Cause we'd been in Chicago, but, um, we went to the, we stopped by the laundromat and I remember thinking it was so funny. Cause you were like, we, we stopped by to put something in and then we drove around we did something and we came back to like change the laundry in your little town. So I just have a, I have a memory of that too. I had forgotten that, but wasn't it because my cat peed on the bed? Mm-hmm. I think the cat peed on the bed that you like that you well, were yeah, going to sleep in. Yeah, but when we realized that, there was no time to. Well, it might have been like okay. the next day or something. I but don't yeah, remember. Yeah. I just remember there was cat pee involved and yeah. laundry. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> well, funny enough, my nostalgic laundry memory also has to do with laundromats. So maybe there's a reason for this. But when Brian and I first moved in together, it was the year before we got married in Chicago in a little house in Bucktown. And it was the cutest little half of a house that we had no washer dryer anywhere in unit. And it wasn't like a building where your washer dryer is like in the building basement or anything. So nothing like go find your own laundromat. And we had a routine where like, I think we would do it every other week. So we, we had it so that we did not need to do laundry for a good, like 10 to 10 days to two weeks. And then when we did, we had a ton of laundry and we would go to a laundromat. I can like picture exactly where it was. Um, and we had, you know, it was 26 minutes in the washer and we would play cribbage there. We would sit there in the laundromat and I taught him how to play cribbage at that time. This is 2004, almost 20 years ago. Um, and we'd sit there and play cribbage. And then when the stuff went in the dryer, we had 54 minutes or 56 minutes, something (laughs) like that. And we would walk to this Thai restaurant across the street and get dinner that, you know, just like the cheapest, like quick weeknight dinner in 56 minutes and walk back and get it. And we'd come home and we'd had, it was like in my mind, it's like mountains of laundry. Cause we were just doing that strategy where we would go down to the last pair of underwear and then do it all. And we'd bring it home and we, I did have a car. We weren't very far from the apartment, but I did have a car. So we'd bring it home in the car. We'd bring it inside and we would watch, um, DVD, like this is in the days of Netflix DVDs. And so it was when we were watching either Alias or 24. I don't think 24 was out yet. I think it was Alias um, where we were like binging. But in the old way, you would binge before streaming where we were getting DVDs in the mail and we would watch Alias and Fold Laundry. And it's just like it's a very like young couple memories way before kids, even before marriage. My first time living with a partner like that. So it's like a very sweet domestic memory, but also I loved the, like you, I loved the laundromat. I loved the Thai food we ate every two weeks, pad Thai. It was such a, um, it like had such, it was such a tidy routine and it was repeated, you know, until we moved. Well, and I was just thinking through like part of what I think I really loved about that is it takes you out of your, there's no, um, there's no fantasy that you're going to be able to multitask or just like work it around other stuff. Like you are there to do laundry. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's probably the last time I truly had our family's, our household's laundry system truly buttoned down because I would go and I remember like our dryers, I'm not sure with yours, but I think it was like $7 a quarter. So like 
I would just choose, depending on whether it was busy or not, usually I would choose times to go that it wasn't. And I would spread out into three dryers because okay. then I could do like, it would take a little bit less time. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would pre-sort everything based on which baskets I wanted it to oh, wind up in smart. at the end. Yeah. And then I would stand there in front and I would, I would fold all of this kids, whichever it was, the boys were sharing a room. So like all of their stuff got folded into one. I think Clara's and mine got folded into one because she was right across the hall from me. And then um, the towels and all that kind of stuff got folded into the third. And then I took it home and it was done. Like there, it was just yeah. this encapsulated yeah. system. And if I wanted to do anything else, like while I was waiting for the laundry, it was going to be stuff like in the area, like grocery shop, or I might yeah. run to the store down the road, or I might go get a salad or something and come back. But there just wasn't, there wasn't like, I wasn't going to put something in and forget about it. Yes. And then next thing I know it's on the floor. It was like, I had complete control over that system. And there's something very comforting about that. It is. And it's so different. You're right. From, um, the way I at least currently manage family laundry. So yeah, love that. Yeah. Well, listeners, we are always open to your tips, suggestions, ideas, help us solve our gross or quirky laundry room struggles or share your favorite uh, thing in your laundry arsenal right now. You can email us hello at themomhour.com, but maybe an even more fun way is to be part of our Facebook group just for listeners. that's a place where people inevitably, Megan, people start sharing even before I wake up yeah. sometimes on episode day, someone has started a thread where they want to like add their two cents or respond to something we've said. So it's a fun way to continue the conversation. And and that happens in our private Facebook community, um, which we'll link to in the show notes. Um, and we're active on Instagram as well. And next week, Megan, I do think we can, um, we will be ready to really tackle traditional January topics, like a little bit of intention setting or goal setting. Uh, we always love to do an episode like that. We just, it's a little early. We, we need a, we need a minute here. Yeah, Sarah, I was just reflecting on the fact that this is going to be like the second new year we've had since COVID, since the one when COVID was still just kind of like emerging. I don't think that counts. We, we all still had 2020 vision. Oh, 2020. That, that people had like big plans yeah. for 2020. Yeah. Right. So 21 and 22 were impacted is what you're saying. And this is like the third. Yeah. Yeah. And they were impacted in that weird way where like, we still weren't sure how much more they would be. Why make plans? Why make plans and like still just recovering. And I feel like this year there's a different energy around new year. And so I think when we dive into, you know, when we start talking about those goals and things like that, it's going to be great. I mean, and things are still changing. Obviously there's more upheaval in some ways than ever. Um, but I just feel like we're like ready to really talk about what we're going to do this year. And then actually kind of believe we're going to do it. And maybe that's kind of new. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, if you have hopes or intentions about less scrolling on your phone in 2023, um, check out the blog. Our contributor, Joanne, um, shared her, the ways she is approaching. It's not just about less time on her phone. It's actually about attention and focus and less switching back and forth manically between tasks. And as as editor of our blog, I read this post well before the new year and I was like, oh, I need to think about this. So um, really <laughs> non-judgmental and inspiring on the blog right now. Um, that's from Joanne on our contributor team. So check that out and we will be back with you next week, everyone. See you next week. 
Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, everyone, we have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following the Mom Hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com.